60 seconds live. Stand by. Loading one, two, and effects two. Step it out now. We're live in 60. Broussard trying to stagger free. Meanwhile, it's played along to him. Centering pass. Flagged down by Green. Played into traffic, though. Starting back up with it now is Martinez in a three-on-two. Centering gave it across. It's held in a shot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Scoop Talk Show with me, Sean Harris, your host. Yes, today is Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Mountain, and 12 noon on the West Coast. And you are locked and tuned into the Scoop Talk Show. The Scoop Talk Show is simultaneously being broadcast in 36 countries, 50 cities, and 30 languages worldwide right here on the network. And it's powered by Simplecast and WordPress. You can now download and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Simplecast, Spotify, YouTube, and right here on Yellow Jacket Network. You can follow, like, subscribe, and rate the Scoop Talk Show on this Facebook page at the Scoop Talk Show. The Scoop Talk Show is also on Instagram. Yes, we're on IG as well, up under the real Sean Harris. That's the real Sean, S-H-A-W-N, Harris. And the show's Twitter page at Cesar19, that's C-E-Z-A-A-R, small letters, 19, the number 19, and at YJ Media KZU, that's capital Y, capital J, capital Media, all spelled out, capital K, little A, capital Z, little double O. The Scoop Talk Show is brought to you by the following sponsors, WMU, Go Broncos, OMG Sweets. OMG Sweets has everything that you need to sweeten that sweet tooth of yours from cakes to cookies to cupcakes to pies. She has it all. She also does private catering for all occasions. So if you have an event around the corner or down the road, she got you covered. You can contact her, follow her, and place an order with her on her Facebook and Instagram pages at OMG Sweets. That's double O-H-E-M-M-G-E-E Sweets. Oh, what a heavenly treat. Stay Glassy Smoke Shop, located near Western Michigan University's campus on KL, provides everything you need to satisfy your smoking needs and has the best deals from e-liquids to vapes to hookahs to CBDs to glass pipes and much more. For special weekly deals, follow and like and subscribe to their Facebook and Instagram pages at Stay Glassy KZU. Go see Guri today. Kezu Coney, located at the Bernhardt Center of Western Michigan University's campus, has great food from breakfast to lunch on the menu. So if you're coming to visit Kalamazoo or happen to live in Kezu, drop in and visit Kezu Coney. Great food, great service, great staff. Kezu Coney, home away from home. 
Residence Inn of Kalamazoo Marriott provides everything you need for a getaway stay when visiting Kalamazoo with luxurious and spacious king-queen penthouses, double full-size suites, full kitchens complete with microwave, coffee maker, dishes, and cutlery, complete service by housekeeping staff, complimentary breakfast every day, and free Wi-Fi in every room, and a great staff to help with anything you need during your stay. Residence Inn, Kalamazoo Marriott. And... Jerry's Girls. Jerry's Girls is an organization designed not only to inspire but change the lives of each and every young woman of all ages. She offers programs to enable them to be self-sufficient, independent, and can believe in themselves more than they can even imagine. Jerry Girls Organization. You can find her on JerryWeeklyEnterprises.com. We got a jam-packed hour for you today right here at the Scoop Talk Show. We're going to be talking about some Light heavyweight boxing, yes, on Saturday night. Ryan King, Ryla Garcia versus Francisco Fonseca. The winner of that moves on to fight for the lightweight championship of the world. We're going to talk about a little bit of the NFL. Yes, on Tuesday, Breeze made the announcement he's officially coming back for his 20th season. We're going to see and stack where the New Orleans Saints rank that now that he's returning back to the Saints. And we're going to get off into the rest of the NFL in regards to the rankings of the NFL teams on this coming up 2020 season. Brady, that the Brady watch is still going on. Now Las Vegas Raiders has threw themselves in the hat, as well as the possibility of the L.A. Chargers. We're going to see what Brady might end up, may not end up at. But the Raiders look convincingly strong outside of the Dallas Cowboys, fit for Brady to play in. We're going to break down all that analysis with that, with the Brady watch. Daytona 500 happened, and yes, there was a winner, but we're going to give you the update on that crucial, gruesome crash that happened just before the end of the race and the update of the driver in that crash on his medical condition and how well he's doing. Hold on tight, stick around, don't change that dial. You're listening to the Scoop Talk Show with your host Sean Harris right here on Yellow Jacket Network. We'll be right back. Sean Harris here, host of the Scoop Talk Show. Have you ever wondered about going to the store or something like that and you just not quite satisfied with what they have in the grocery stores or bakeries to satisfy that sweet tooth of yours? Well, I have the answer. Yes. OMG Sweets. Yes. OMG Sweets will provide everything you need for that sweet tooth of yours from anywhere from cakes to pies to different types of pastries to cupcakes, even handmade candy. Baked fresh and ready to order for your enjoyment. Yes, OMG Sweets provides everything you need to sweeten that sweet tooth of yours. You can find her on her Facebook page and also on Instagram at OMG Sweets. 
And also, did I forget to mention something? She also does personal catering to provide you with everything you need for a certain occasion of yours that you may have coming up or you're planning months ahead. Yes, OMG Sweets. You can contact her once again on her Instagram page and her Facebook page at OMG Sweets. That's double O-H-E-M-M-G-E-E Sweets. OMG Sweets. Oh, what a heavenly treat. Place your order today. Hey, Kalamazoo, did you know there's a new smoke shop in town? Hey, I didn't either. But guess what it is? It's called Stay Glassy Smoke Shop. Located by Western Michigan University campus, Stay Glassy has everything that you need to provide you with your smoking needs. They have hookahs, vapes, glass pipes, CBDs, grinders, and e-liquids. Also, Stay Glassy has the best prices on their glass pipes, CBDs, and much, much more. They have a huge e-liquid sale while supplies last. Stay Glassy. You can follow them on their social media page for weekly deals at Facebook at Stay Glassy KZoo and also on Instagram at Stay Glassy KZoo. Stay Glassy Smoke Shop. Located at 3645 West Michigan Avenue, Kalamazoo, Michigan, 49006. Go see Guri and the guys today. Hey, this is Brad Rose. This is your boy, Antoine Steele. This is Zach Medeiros, Kicker Empire for the Toronto Argonauts. You are listening to The Scoop. You're listening to The Scoop Talk Show. You guys are listening to The Scoop Talk Show. With my boy, Sean. Sean here on the Yellow Jacket Network. Yeah. Hey, what's up? All you lovely people. Subscribe and follow me on all social media. Your support is very much appreciated. Thank you. everyone and welcome back yes boxing on Saturday night the main event Ryan King Riley Garcia versus Francisco Fonseca King Riley was 19 and 0 going into this fight Francisco Fonseca was 25 2 and 2 going into this fight for the WBC lightweight championship of the world in the next fight coming up at the Staples Center but nonetheless, this fight at the main event happened at the Honda Center in Anaheim, California. Ryan Garcia is only 21 years old. Francisco Fonseca is only 25 years old. Both of them young in their prime. And man, at 135 pounds, you couldn't get no better than what we saw, even though it was short-lived. That kid, Garcia... If y'all have been not watching this kid since he came up in the ranks, y'all have been sleeping under a rock because I seen that fight on Saturday night and I couldn't believe it. 120 seconds into the round, floored Fonseca with a straight left hook right on the button, laid him flat on his back. I could see his head bounce off the canvas. 
he was out before he even hit the ground. That's how quick Garcia hands are. And he went on to beat Fonseca KO. Playing out, KO. Improving his record to 20 and 0 with 17 knockouts. And Fonseca dropping his record to 25 and 3 and 2. So Garcia now moves on to the Staples Center in the next fight to face the reigning WBC lightweight champion. But I got to tell you once again, that boy, I watched a few of his fights and he kind of a mixture of Oscar in a way, as well as he got Roberto Duran speed, strength. I mean, this kid is like when you when he's in the ring, it's a fluent dance per se, and it's like he can actually see the punches or he can actually counter as quick as his opponent before his opponent can even react to see what what's going to happen. And what he did to Fonseca, he just was like, okay, I know what Fonseca about to do. Let me go ahead and just make this happen right quick. And slipped the inside left hook right on the button of the jaw and just laid him down. Laid him down like that. And everybody was stunned at the Honda Center in Anaheim, California that night. They couldn't believe what they saw out of this kid. Hell, even Oscar De La Hoya and Bernard Hopkins couldn't even believe what they saw of this kid. Hell, I couldn't even believe what I saw out of this kid because it happened so fast. Before you knew it, it was all over. And Fonseca is laying on his back, needing medical attention to ensure that he's okay. And you can see Garcia, he's there praying and, and hoping that Fonseca is okay. And thank God Fonseca was okay because he was able to get up on the, up on his own power, sit down in the chair, and that's when Garcia went over to him and congratulated him for thanking him, you know, for fighting him and everything like that. But this kid Garcia King Riley, which he named himself after his first his newborn daughter that he just recently had, that that kid ain't no joke, man. He is no joke. If y'all ever get a chance to watch him on the fight card, please do. Because y'all going to see something special out of this kid for years to come. Just like I've seen, I've watched what, maybe about seven, maybe eight of his fights as he was coming up in the ranks. Uh, he's on his way to the top. And with the help of Bernard Hopkins and Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy Promotions, that's working with this young man and his fight corner and his cut man. Everybody like, oh, yeah, this kid is definitely on his way to becoming one of the best in boxing history. And keep in mind, he's undefeated. He's 20 and 0 with 17 knockouts now. So he gets a big upcoming fight in the next fight of his that's coming up. But this time it's for the lightweight championship of the world. He wins that, he's, he's going straight to the top. Now you're talking about big-time showbox show fights. He's probably be on HBO. He's already doing with dance promotions. But this kid is on his way up. So we're going to keep following Ryan Garcia.
And I suggest that y'all do too because this kid is no joke. I mean, he is bad to the bone. I've never seen a fighter in a long time in this division like him in a while. So once again, congratulations to Freddie Garcia on defeating Francisco Fonseca Saturday night. His record improves to 20-0 with 17 knockouts. Fonseca record improves to 25-3 with two, law, uh, 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 two draws. And we're going to see where Fonseca goes from here with this loss. But we definitely know where Garcia is going with this win. And that's on to the WBC lightweight championship of the world. So good luck to Garcia. Good luck to the champion. And may the best man win with that. You're listening to the Scoop Talk Show right here with your host Sean Harris on Yellow Jacket Network. We'll be right back. Be sure to catch my friend Pat Rose with Set the Hook with Pat Rose each and every Monday right here on Yellow Jacket Media Network. Love you some school talk show? Hey, I got the facts and the facts don't lie. You know that. I know that. Say what? You can now take the show anywhere. Just go to yellowjacketmedia.com. Click on the podcast and start listening today. The school talk show each and every Wednesday from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on Yellow Jacket Media Network. Hey, there's two sides to every story, and I'm aiming to get the scoop on it. And never listen. This is the real deal. Hello, Sean Harris here, host of the Scoop Talk Show. Be sure to catch 215 Live right here on Yellow Jacket Media Network. Hey, this is Barrett Rhodes. This is your boy, Arquand Steele. This is Zach Medeiros, Cater Hunter for the Toronto Argonauts. You are listening to the Scoop. You're listening to the Scoop Talk Show. You guys are listening to the Scoop Talk Show. With my boy, Sean. Sean Harris. On the Yellow Jacket Network. Yeah. Hey, what's up? All you lovely people. Please subscribe and follow me on all social media. Your support is very much appreciated. Thank you. for the 2020 season. Drew Brees isn't done just yet. The New Orleans Saints quarterback and the NFL's career passing leader will return for a 20th season. Not many people believe that Drew right now has hit a wall. This was the news that everybody in the Saints organization and those around football expected, to be perfectly frank. There were other players who believed that Drew Brees would be coming back. Drew Brees announces on Instagram that he is coming back for another season with the New Orleans Saints. Saying my feelings... About the 2020 season, I look forward to the grind, the journey, for the reward at the end. It'll all be worth it. Love you, Who Dat Nation. 
let's make another run at it. And then sure enough, without even hammering out a contract with the Saints, Breeze just makes the announcement. He had made the decision in his mind, as other people suspected, to come back, and he just made it official, saying that he'll be back for the 2020 season. Hey, if he's going to come back for another year and they're going to make another run at it, I, I would be in total agreement with that. This is a team that right now is still within that window to compete for a Super Bowl title. This is one of the greats of all time. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This segment of the Scoop Talk Show is brought to you by Western Michigan University and Jerry's Girls Organization. Yes, the intro is in. The announcement has been made. Drew Brees is returning for a 20th season with the New Orleans Saints. He made it publicly known on his Instagram account, vacationing in Hawaii with his family. And I know those out there in who that nation is very, very happy about that. Because after all, you still got Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater over there as well as you got Tannen Hill over there as well. But with Drew Brees coming back, that kind of put a twist on things a little bit. Because now you got two extra quarterbacks that you don't even need over there. Which one do you get rid of? I mean, after all, Teddy Bridgewater was 5-0 during Drew Brees' absence last season, keeping the Saints afloat until he returned. Taysom Hill, he did all right. I mean, but still, either way it go, you got to get rid of one of those two. Breeze and Sean Payton, head coach, is looking to put the Saints back into position with the talent he has around him to win another Super Bowl at least one more time together before either one of them this time around call it a career. So Breeze is now saying to himself, hey, I'm not done yet. I still got a little bit left in the tank to get the Saints another Super Bowl to get another Super Bowl for the city, to get another Super Bowl for the fans of New Orleans and fan, New Orleans Saints fans all around the world. So why not give it one more shot? Sean Payton is very happy and pleased, I'm quite sure, to know that his number one main guy is coming back, not taking nothing away from the backups and Teddy Bridgewater as well as Taysom Hill, but... There's only one Drew Brees, y'all. Y'all know this. There's only one Drew Brees, and he's coming back. So where does that put the Saints as far as power rankings for the 2020 season now that his uh, return has been official? Well, with this year's draft coming around the corner, a lot of teams are going to be shifting a lot of things around. So here's your 2020 power rankings going into the 2020 season. Rank 32, the Cincinnati Bengals. Last year they went 2-14. and 14, And they're ready to turn things around so desperately this year coming up. Well, this season coming up. At number 31, 
the Carolina Panthers. They 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 finished five and eleven last season in the twenty nineteen campaign, and with the situation with Cam Newton, maybe turn or he might be done in Carolina. That still has to be remains to be seen. But and Kuklic retiring, it kind of put a different spin on things with that organization. So they have to look towards the draft to get a quarterback or try to trade for a quarterback, a veteran quarterback at that, and try to figure out what, how can they replace Kuklic, who just recently retired. Ranked number 30, Jacksonville Jaguars. They finished last season at 6-10. and 10, And they looked at pretty promising going into this, uh, the 2019 season strong early after having a, a wonderful, great, uh, playoff push run in 2018, but Nick Foles is just not panning out with the Jaguars. They benched him because remember he just came off of winning the Super Bowl with the uh, Eagles back in 2018 when Carson Wentz was hurt. So his his style his uh, um, his stock value had went tremendously up. He played one more year with the Eagles and before he ended getting traded and getting all that money from the Jacksonville Jaguars. So what the Jaguars now have to do is now they have to find and figure out what can they do at that quarterback position because Nick Foles, you know, is not really a great fit in their organization scheme of things and what they're trying to do offensive-wise with that football team. But the, the problem is, is that they gave him a whole lot of money, so... He don't want. It. He's not going to be the backup if they bring in another quarterback. I don't care if they draft. I don't care if they make a trade to get another quarterback in there. The only way that Nick Foles is going to be a starter for for the Jacksonville Jaguars is that they're going to have to eat that money and try again with him this coming season. Otherwise, if they will try to make him a backup, they're going to have to trade him and still eat that money and hopefully that they can get a three-team deal involved in that to eat up some of that money from them, or they will work out a deal with a, a team straight up to say, hey, look, you pay half, we pay half of Nick Foles, and y'all can have them. Number 29, the Washington Redskins. They finished at 3-13. and 13. They got Ron Rivera now as the new head coach. They have a top pick in this year's NFL draft, looking to go defense. Um... So the Washington Redskins has a lot to improve on on the defensive side of the football. So with them drafting a defensive player and Chase, that's going to add a pass rushing depth. Chase has the ability and the speed to get around his man, go through his man, to get to the quarterback. He can, he can help with that defensive line of scrimmage and controlling that line of scrimmage, pushing the offensive line of linemen's back to get to the running back, to get to the wide receiver. So Chase is going to be an adequate fit for the Washington Redskins' defensive scheme of how they're going to run the football. Number 28, the Los Angeles Chargers. They finished at 5-11. Now that Phillip Rivers has parted ways with the organization, now it's time for them to try to see what they can do. Will they move up in the draft and get Tua at quarterback? Or will they focus their eyes on trying to convince Brady to come over there and leave New England 
and come over there and play for them to replace Phillip Rivers. They're in Los Angeles. They're going to get a new stadium. Yeah, the Chargers don't have a fan base, you know, but if you got Brady coming over there, then the Chargers will have a fan base if you bring Brady over there. That question mark is there for the quarterback. We don't know if it's going to be Brady. We don't know if they're going to pick somebody in the draft if they move to get Tua. We don't know what the situation is until that moment happens to see what Brady going to do, to see what, where Tua is going to end up, how well the Los Angeles Chargers is going to be effective and where their placement is going to be to be able to compete in the AFC West with the likes of the Kansas City Chiefs, the Super Bowl reigning champions. Number 27, the Miami Dolphins. They went 5-11 and 11 as well. The Miami Dolphins is sitting in that fifth spot of the NFL draft selection, and a lot of people are thinking that they're going to go with the, the Miami native Tua Tagovailoa, but that remains to be seen because the Miami Dolphins could not simply stay afloat in competition in the AFC East. They fell off big time in that second half of the, of the, of the 2019 campaign, allowing uh, the New England Patriots as well as the Buffalo Bills contend for that division. So they have to work on a quarterback very badly in this arrangement. Now, if they don't, if they don't get Tua, then they got to go to the free agency to find out who's available at the free agency. Now, if the Lions let go of Matthew Stafford, which I'm hearing reports that that's what they're planning on doing, depending on who they draft in this year's draft, that would be a good pickup for Miami. Matthew Stafford will go down to South Beach, and he'll go play for them. So, but Fitzpatrick as well, too, I forgot about that, could be returning this year too. So if they get Fitzpatrick, then they don't need another quarterback because they have their backup. If they, if they if they get Tua, that would be an excellent fit for them because Tua can play the backup to Fitzpatrick. Number 26, the New York Giants. They went 4-12. and They finished uh, third, but dead last, excuse me, in the NFC East, the retirement of Eli Manning has come about everybody in the city. Daniel Jones, the main man there. Um, we don't know what the New York Giants is going to go with because they don't need a running game. They got Saquon Barkley. You know, they got effective offensive line. They just need to toughen up a little bit more. Defense is stagnant. They need some help in that middle line, middle linebacker interior. That's what they need help at, as well as they need a couple of good wide receivers that Jones can throw the ball to to get down the field. Number 25, you have the Detroit Lions. Now, Detroit Lions are sitting third in the draft slot, and they have their eyes set on Tua because of the situation with Matthew Stafford and his bad back, you know. He, of course, he had to cut his season short. The, the Lions wasn't making the playoffs. They, they wasn't in division contention or nothing like that. So they, they, had to, they had to shut him down for the remaining four weeks of the season. And he's been battling this bad back for quite some time now. So the Lions, who were sitting at 3-12-1, 12, yeah, 3-12-1, started with a promising 
season. They was 4-0 and in the preseason. I had Bush Davis on the show. And we was talking about the preseason earlier last year and how well they did. And then they seemed to falter off with losses that they shouldn't, to teams that they shouldn't have lost to and so on and so forth. So Matt Patricia, the fans was not too happy about him. They wanted him out his first year head coach um, uh, Bob Quinn. They wanted him out. But Martha Ford, she decided to retain both of them. So now we're going to see what the Detroit Lions is going to do in the draft pick because right now they desperately need a quarterback to uh, help out Matthew Stafford. 24, the New York Jets, ranked 7-9. and nine. Okay, the Jets did pretty good last year, but they really wasn't the hot commodity ticket for everybody to see. Um, quarterback Sam Darnold missed a whole month through the Moclear Nucleosilus, and the Jets start the season at 1-7, and, and they just faltered and fell off, and by the time uh, Sam Darnold came back, it was too little, too late. They couldn't do anything at all. They're, they need help on the offensive side of the football. They need wide receivers, and they also need a running back, as well as the defense side of the football. They need middle linebacker interiors to, that can be able to contain short yardage passes, slant pattern passes, and not give up big yardage and big gains. So we're going to see what the Jets are going to do this season coming up in the draft and in the free agency. Cleveland Browns ranked 23rd. They went 6-10. and 10. Odell Beckham Jr. did pretty good. He did pretty good. In his first season in the Browns uniform, he made the announcement that he's not going anywhere despite that the Browns did not make the playoffs, despite that the Browns, a lot of expectations with the Browns was defeated and halted by a lot of key things that have been happening within that organization. But Odell Beckham said he is not going anywhere. He's going to stay with the Browns. And Baker Mayfield needs to um, get better. And what way to get better um, he needs a new head coach because Freddie Kitchens was let go in his first year. So once, once the uh, Cleveland Browns get a new head coach that will work with Baker Mayfield and get him back right again like he was in his first year, then they will have a turnaround season, I believe. Um, their key element points are what they need. They just need to look towards the draft, see what they can get out of the draft because all the way around both sides of football, the Cleveland Browns is a pretty good football team. Ranked 22nd, the Las Vegas Raiders, 7-9. and nine. Now that the Raiders are now in Las Vegas, they get in a new stadium. They, got a new, they got, still got the same fan base in Las Vegas that they did in Oakland. So that hasn't changed a bit. John Gruden and the gang is really excited about the new journey that they're going to be taking with the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, very attractive city. I, I couldn't see a, team, a player out there that wouldn't want to play for this team in Las Vegas. Always something to do, nightlife, everything in Las Vegas. Great place to live, you name it, Las Vegas got it. Great weather, has it all. Um, Tom Brady, this could be another landing spot in time for Tom Brady, and that will really improve the fan base in the Raiders organization for Las Vegas to see Tom Brady opening up the new stadium in a Las Vegas Raiders jersey wearing number 12. Of course, he won't be wearing number 12, y'all, because that's Ken uh, uh, Stabler's, the snake uh, number, so they won't give him that. But he, he, he'll be wearing that silver and black, and that's a possibility. But we'll just have to wait and see what 
the Raiders and John Gruden is going to do. 21, the Chicago Bears. They finished at 508-8 in the uh, NFC Central. The Bears started out pretty good last year with the addition of Camille Mack. Improved that defense. Trubisky was on fire last year. Got the Bears in a, in a position to make playoffs. And, but they just didn't simply get there last year. But uh, uh, um, they beat a lot of good teams, but at the end they faltered at the, when, when it counted. And so now they're back to the drawing board all over again, falling at 8-8. Eight and eight. So with the Chicago Bears, their Achilles heels was the defensive side of the football because the secondary just could not – contain wide receivers for the long pass, downfield passes for 30 yards or more. They got burnt every time with that missed tackling by the middle linebacking core uh, uh, um, when Khalil Mack is not in the game. So the, the Chicago Bears, in order to make some improvements and turn things around to compete with the likes of the Minnesota Vikings and other teams like that in the NFC Central, they have to improve on – their defensive side of the football. 20 is the Denver Broncos, 7-9. The Denver Broncos, they had a rocky, rocky season in the Mile High State, I mean the Mile High City. Um, they just could not contain what they needed to do. Um, they lost games, crucial games that they shouldn't have lost to. Teams beat them that they should have beat them on. Um, and they just got simply outplayed all season long by their opponents. Um, the uh, Broncos need to make some improvements on the offensive side of the football. That's for doggone sure, starting with the quarterback. Um, they need to uh, get a quarterback in there with veteran leadership that can be able to make things happen. And, hey, you just never know. Tom Brady might be a Denver Bronco. Peyton Manning did and rejuvenated his career. So why not Tom Brady go over there to become a Bronco? Number 19, the Arizona Cardinals, they went 5-10-1. The rookie sensation, Kyler Murray, was great. He did a phenomenal job his first year. I'm not taking nothing away from the kid, Larry Fitzgerald. um, Helped him out along the way and and made him look good the, the whole season. And Larry Fitzgerald has announced that he was coming back for his 17th season as well on on Tuesday. So, you know, with Larry Fitzgerald coming back to the Cardinals, the Cardinals should look to make some improvements uh, for uh, Kyler Murray, making him uh, a better uh, quarterback because now he got the number one weapon that he needs coming back. But the question is, can he get more? And in order for them to get more, they have to look towards veterans in the free agency as well as try to draft out of the draft. 18, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers went 7-9. and nine. And Jameis Winston has set the record with 30 picks and 30 TDs. So there got to be some improvements in Tampa Bay at that position. Jameis Winston, according to reports, had LASIK, has LASIK surgery. He was blaming it on his vision, on why he couldn't get the ball where it needed to go. The question is, will they still keep him as a Tampa Bay Buck, or will they still going to let him go now that the draft is around the corner and try to get a quarterback in the draft? 
17, the Indianapolis Colts. Another great fit where Tom Brady can go to. They have a lot of weapons led by T.Y. Hilton. They got Brissett there. Brissett can, because remember, him and Brissett can be reunited because Brissett played in New England along with Brady and, and, and Matt Castle. Brissett was the third string. So Brissett right now is a starter. If Brady come over there to the Colts, Brissett will be his backup, and they'll be reunited just like they was in New England. And like I said, they have a lot of weapons in Indianapolis to help Tom Brady be successful. And plus, on top of that, they have a lot of money in cap space, $87.6 million to be exact, y'all. So they can give Tom Brady that two-year $60 million deal that he might want. Number 16, the Atlanta Falcons. They went 7-9, and they, finished, they, they was in the AFC South. Atlanta Falcons, whoa, Matt Ryan, I don't know. A lot of people is, is, is not really too fond of Matt Ryan these days and, and the Atlanta Falcons, who was just in the Super Bowl not too long ago and lost to the Patriots. So they have a lot of work to do, a lot of work to do. And, but they are not going to do anything hasty yet with Matt Ryan because, after all, they said he's the guy in there. But in order for the Atlanta Falcons to improve, they definitely need to get him some help. They need some weapons for him to get the ball to as well. And, and, to, and to be able to do that, they're going to have to try to move up in the draft if they can, if not pick where they are, and get a decent defensive player as well as you pick up somebody in the free agent market of, on the offensive side of the football and – if there's anything possible that can come up out of this, they may can get a chance at another division shot if they play this right. Number 15, the Buffalo Bills. They won 10-7. One of the best seasons the Buffalo Bills had in such a long time in comparison to what they was trying to compete with for the division with the Patriots of the AFC East. They had a great season last year, and... You can't deny the fact that they was out. They was playing lights out football, up, up on the head coach Sean McDermott, and they gave a bill. They gave and they gave the Patriots a run for their money, but they fell just a little bit short, just a little bit short. But we'll definitely see them again um, next season. You know, even though they lost to Houston when they blew that lead in the wild card this year. But we'll definitely see them. Make, if they keep the same nucleus of people around them and the core players that they have and the, and the good coaching staff that they have led by Sean McDermott, yeah, you'll definitely see the Bills next year. Only thing I think the Bills will need at this particular point is just to improve on one particular area, middle linebackers. Number 14, the Los Angeles Rams. Coming off a, a trip to the Super Bowl the year before, they fell to 9-7, but they're ranked in the top 32 at 14. So they're inside the top 15, and last year, this past season, no fire, no nothing. I mean, these, this was not the same type of L.A. Rams that we saw in 2018, Jeff Goff getting paid all this money. I think he's making $132 million overall throughout his contract, and didn't produce nothing, just fell off, and... They don't have very much cap space to get some to make some improvements up in there. 
They have less than $15 million that they're working with. So by them having less cap space to work with, it's going to be kind of, kind of hard for the Rams to be able to make improvements where it's needed. So they have no option but to go to the free agent market or pick lower in the draft so that they won't have to get hit by the cap and pay all this money that they would pay to somebody if they really needed them at a top choice. Number 13, the Tennessee Titans. Phenomenal season last year, no doubt about it. That was another team outside of the Buffalo Bills. They finished at an eight, eight, uh, uh, They finished at 11 and 8. Um, they ended up losing the AFC Championship game to Kansas City, but I'm not going to take nothing away from the Titans at all because they made a lot of improvements by drafting Western Michigan Broncos standout Corey Davis. They they got a lot of key uh, acquisitions in Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry and. They peeled off seven straight games down the stretch to get to the to get to the point this point of where they was at when just a year before they was even struggling to try to compete in the division. So this team made a big turnaround from 2018 to 2019, and they had a big lead on Kansas City, 24 to nothing in the AFC Championship game, and it was just hey, Kansas City just said okay, this is about as many points we gonna give them and shut them down. And they end up winning that football game, going to the Super Bowl. Number 12, the Philadelphia Eagles. They finished at 9-8, and eight, won the NFC East against Dallas, who Dallas just gave that to them on the silver platter when they lost to them a week before the last week of the season when they played the Giants. Eagles pretty much banged up all throughout last season, um, turned it around pretty good, but... Nine and eight is just simply is not good enough to win the division. A lot of people was upset about that. They're nine and eight. Why should our team, which is eleven and and and, and four, eleven and five, eleven and six, have to go on the road to face a nine and eight team? Well, that's because they won the division. Your team didn't. That's why that happens. But the Eagles, they they made they limped into the playoffs, and which eventually they ended up losing you know, in the first round, but they need a lot of improvements, you know, on the defensive side of the football and the offensive side of the football. They need a running back. They need a couple of good wide receivers. Um, Ertz is still there, so they don't need a tight end. They need a middle linebacker core. They need the secondaries to improve. They just they just need a lot of things to turn all the way around. And on top of that, they need to stay healthy, starting with Carson Wentz. The Dallas Cowboys, ranked 11, barely outside of the top 10, finished at 8-8, eight and eight, lost to Philadelphia in that crucial game, like I said, the week before the last week of the season. Dallas was, was supposed to win the division hands down. You have a, a, a broken wing Eagles team that's injury riddled, hurt, playing badly, and this was your division for the taking. Dallas should have won 12 games in, this, in, in the NFC East, but they failed to do so because of dismal play led by Dak Prescott and company, and they could not just gel together and keep things going the way they should have kept things going. So now the big deal is, will Brady go to Dallas? That's another destination that everybody is talking about. Will Brady go to Dallas? Because after all, Dak Prescott, they feel is not panning out to be the quarterback that Jerry Jones is looking to pay a lucrative amount of money for. But Dak Prescott feels that he earned this money. He's been the number one starting quarterback for the last four seasons with them. He's playing up under the, the rookie contract of him making uh, 2 to $4 million, and he deserved that he wants more money. 
Jared Goff got his money. Carson Wentz got his money. Everybody's getting their money, even paying Zeke. But the crazy part about it is that is Dak Prescott that much more important than Zeke, than Amari Cooper, or, Fre- or Frederick on the offensive line, DeMarcus uh, 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 Lawrence, Robert Quinn, Jalen Smith, these guys on the defensive line. Is he that much more important than these guys that deserve their money as well? Because it's going to come to a time to where Cooper's going to be next in line to get paid. So if, if, if Dak is talking about he wants 30 million dollars a year and he's playing the way he's playing this, last season, Jerry Jones is real hesitant on wanting to pay him. But he had to pay Zeke because without Zeke, they have no... They have no offense. Zeke is the offense. All majority, about 80% of the plays or less is ran through Ezekiel Elliott. The offense has to produce in a clicking manner in order to keep the focus off Dak Prescott because if, if the offense is clicking well, if Amari Cooper is catching balls, Zeke is running, catching out of the backfield, the offensive line is protecting and, and, and keeping the defense at bay, making them play honest against Prescott. Prescott can sit in that pocket and he can throw with confidence, throw with ease and make him look good. But without these name of players that I just mentioned, Dak Prescott is not the quarterback. We already saw what happened when Zeke was suspended the first six games of the year. Dak was not the same Dak in his first year that he played with the Cowboys. He was roughed up, banged up, beat up, sacked up, you name it. Everybody had it. Everybody had his number. But now that all these players are back, he got the protection need, but he still cannot muster up to see what's going to go down. So now that Jason Garrett is gone, because a lot of that was part of Jason Garrett's fault, well, all of it, I should say, was his fault. But now that that's over with, the Jason Garrett era is over, now he's part of the offensive coordinator in New York for the New York Giants. Now the Cowboys can replace Jarrett, and they got their guy, Mike McCarthy, and Mike McCarthy can now say that, okay, you know what? We don't need Brady over here. I got my guy. All I got to do is get him right again. Mike McCarthy worked with Aaron Rodgers, perfected Rodgers to be the quarterback he is, and Rodgers ended up winning the Super Bowl. And I believe that Mike McCarthy can do the same thing with Dak Prescott. Give McCarthy two years with working with Prescott, the Dallas Cowboys will be in the Super Bowl in 2022. I guarantee that. But hold on, everyone. I am not done yet. I just ran down from number 32 to number 11. Tune in next week where I will bring you the top 10 on next Wednesday's show of where Tom Brady could end up at. And also, I will bring you the power rankings from 10 to 1 on who is number 1 coming up in the 2020 NFL season. You're listening to the Scoop Talk Show right here with your host, Sean Harris, on Yellow Jacket Network. We'll be right back.
talk show each and every Wednesday from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on Yellow Jacket Media Network. Hey, there's two sides to every story, and I'm aiming to get the scoop on it. And never before. Talk show is brought to you by OMG Sweets and Stay Glassy Smoke Shop. Yes, you heard the audio from the commentators as well as the NASCAR race team. Ryan Newman in the last lap on the eve of Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s death 19 years ago on back on Monday had 
crashed into the wall and was flipped upside down and was hit by another car. Luckily, they had devices set in place and redid everything with the vehicles to where now people can people lives can be saved thanks to they're making those efforts 19 years ago when Dale Earnhardt Sr. had died in the same similar type of crash in the last lap of his race. The 2020 Daytona 500 on Monday came to a scary conclusion, y'all. Like I said, Ryan Newman's car flipped on the final lap of the International Speedway, and he was helped from his vehicle and taken to a local hospital in an ambulance in serious condition. Didn't know what to expect out of it. But just as of Tuesday, Ryan was up and alert, thank God, and was talking with his family and loved ones. And is going to make a full recovery. But it's going to take a little while for him because he suffered a lot of injuries, y'all, a lot of injuries. And like I said, if it wasn't for the harness that was created, he would be dead. In a statement, Russ Fenway gave an update on Tuesday at 3.45 p.m. on Tuesday saying Ryan Newman remains under the care of doctors at Halifax Medical Center in Daytona Beach, Florida. He's awake and speaking with his family and doctors. Ryan and his family expressed their appreciation for the concern and heartfelt messages from across the country. They are grateful for the unwavering support of NASCAR community and beyond. We will continue to provide information as it becomes available. That could have been very tragic, even though Danny Hamlin won the race, but still, nonetheless, the focus was more on the situation what happened with Newman more than it was focused on Hamlin winning the race. But congratulations to Hamlin, nonetheless, on winning the race. And our prayers continue to go to the Newman's family to make sure that he have a speedy recovery and that everybody is safe and concerned with his well-being all across the world as NASCAR fans and here in the United States. You're listening to the Scoop Talk Show right here with your host Sean Harris on Yellow Jacket Network. We'll be right back. Well, that's all the time I have for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Scoop Talk Show with your host Sean Harris right here on Yellow Jacket Network. I'd like to thank all my sponsors who helped make this show possible. I would like to thank WMU Go Broncos, Stay Glassy Smoke Shop. I would like to thank OMG Suites. I would like to thank Residence Inn, Kalamazoo, Marriott. I would like to thank my newest sponsor, Jerry's Girls Organization. And also, I would like to thank you, the fans, for tuning in. Be sure to check out the Scoops Talk Show each and every Wednesday from 3 to 4 p.m. on the East Coast, 12 noon on the West Coast, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Yellow Jacket Network, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you streamline your apps to listen to the Scoop Talk Show. I'm out of here like the breeze through the trees. When I'm going, I'm taking all the leaves. Peace. Take care of one another. See you next time.